Self-care is important in the apocalypse. Remember to drink water, stay warm, and regularly sort through your carefully curated set of delusions. I mean, I'm fine. I'm doing just fine. This is the After Disaster Broadcast, created by J.J. Ranvier. Hello, fellow survivors. Joe here. Finally outside after three hours in a concrete box smaller than my old studio apartment. Three farking hours from a three-hour-long windstorm. We were going to try and tough it out to find somewhere better than that, like anything better than that. Then the wind knocked Elliot to the ground like a bully taking down a... Well, a a nerd. (laughs) Okay, we've spent longer together in almost as small spaces, but this time was especially rough. Everyone's been moody and down lately. Even me. Especially me. It's been... It's been a bad few days for me and my moral compass and, and subconscious... Last few sets of corpses we found in an abandoned house were, were a real strong reminder of, hey, remember that time you accidentally murdered a dude? But hey, don't we all have our dead bodies to bear? As for everyone else, well, Scout's still all heartbroken about Rue. I haven't seen her this low energy since since her last PTSD episode. Hell, she might even be sadder than that. She saw a squirrel she didn't need to catch, but could have caught. And just sighed and was like, sometimes you just have to let things go. No one in our group is good at letting things go. No one. And and, and Scout and my sad seem to be spreading somehow. Elliot's not been knitting at all for like at least three days. Instead, they've been reading all these super sad books like My Sister's Keeper, uh, Bridge to Terabithia, and, and the novelization of Up. As if the novelization of movies weren't sad enough. Zoe's paranoia has been worse, which I didn't know was possible. Before the concrete box, she and Jihan were bonding over reading Stephen King at far too young an age. And Zoe talked about how The Shining made her afraid of hotels. Not staying at them. Just like the concept of hotels themselves. And Jihan started telling her all these stories of all the awful things we've found in abandoned hotels that we've stayed in, and and Zoe ended up pacing and making a new list of things we could find in a hotel. She did this for a half an hour straight. Ooh, wait. Wait, 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 wait. The last time everyone was this upset at the same time was... No, 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 no. Oh my god, for the love that is all the best Emery's, please, please don't let it be PMS! Whoa, 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 update, update, update. It's not just any concrete box. I got back to the others after, you know, doing my quick walk around to see if the weather had improved at all. And Elliot had found something. A secret latch to something, to a secret passage something, to a luxury bunker! Yeah, one of those. 
One of the ones that the one percenters were gonna hide in when they were trying to leave all the pores to die. So this is a guilt-free location grab because look who's living here now, you rich turds. Okay, my excitement is a little dented by Zoe. Good old paranoid Zoe made the point. Very good point. I guess her paranoia does really have some uses. No wonder she's made it this long. Anyway, she did say, understandably, it's a little weird that there's no guards or one percenters or anyone here. Like, I hoped people would eat the rich, but I don't see any evidence of that having happened to them or their guards. Still, I made the mistake of making an a, a eat the rich joke around Zoe, and then Zoe was like, I hadn't even considered cannibals. How I had not considered cannibals. So, there goes that. But then Jian was like, I had not considered cannibals either. But like, with glee? Curiosity? It's, it's hard to tell with her voice. Probably the latter, because she is now determined to figure out what has happened to this place. Normally, we would just move on from a potentially dangerous location. But Jihan is on a mission, and when she's on a mission, she is on a mission. She has been crawling around on the floor inspecting it, tapping on the walls, triple-checking the temperature, and playing with the light switches obsessively like someone has watched too many movies. I jokingly asked her if she was looking for ghosts or evidence of foul play or both, and she was just like, I'm ruling out all possibilities. Ghosts or not, this place farking rules. Like, when Jihun was tearing apart the house and, and looking in all the cabinets and the, 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 the house hunter level nice kitchen, like, all the cabinets are, like, fully stocked with food. And when she was looking for, I don't know, booby traps or people hiding in them or, I don't know, who knows, she, when she was looking, she found jerky. You know, the thing that Scout has been looking for this whole time, and she threw it to Scout, who smiled for the first time in a week. And then when Jihun was investigating if the running water was working, and, and if it was working, you know, I don't know, if it was coming from pipes full of gremlins, or, or, or I don't know, possessed with ectoplasm. Anyway, we all just had to take hot showers. Hot showers. Hot showers. I forgot that my skin didn't normally have a slight ash gray tinge to it even even the white leather couches are still white and and somehow don't make my thighs sweaty yeah i don't know what kind of magic that is but it's a thing so yeah this place is officially nicer than my only rich friend's new york apartment update jihan found the procreation room her words not mine it even has a let's repopulate the planet baby sign in it. While Scout was amused by jumping on what can be only described as a triple king size bed, I was amused by Jihun meticulously going through the box of sex toys with the best poker face I've ever seen of a woman holding a dildo. When I did giggle at the image, she accidentally tossed a terrifyingly long dildo near my head with blunt force speed. Uh, I wish we could spend the night, maybe even a few, but I know the mystery of this place isn't going to be enough to let Jean let us stay here for any amount of time more than necessary, especially not a potentially dangerous place. It's just, 
everyone's been so much less grumpy since they've gotten to relax and look out the LED windows and have some non-MRE food. And, oh, is that a candy wrapper? Oh, that's probably from Scout devouring so many snacks, but I don't remember her finding any candy. <laughs> Remember the whole careful what you wish for thing? <laughs> well, <laughs> guess what? We're staying for an indefinite amount of time. Listen, hear that? That is the sound of a monkey's paw slowly curling all of its fingers but the middle one. And the reason we're staying the night, for however many nights, um... Elliot is, uh, is, is not doing too well. I feel super guilty for not realizing it sooner, and I, I think we all feel it. I, I did the thing where I assume that everything is fine because they say it's fine, and, and everyone must express their every thought and feeling just like me, right? I turned out to not be wrong about the PMSing thing earlier. Wow, I love being right! While I was following around Jihan around her investigation, pretending to help while really just being really amused by her mutterings about the signs of ghosts, Elliot sat on the couch quietly. Quietly sitting. It's a, it, not too weird. It's a thing they do. But when Scout brought them a bunch of possible supplies for traps that, that she thought they would be excited about, they, they barely reacted. And that's when Scout noticed that the couch underneath them was slowly going from white to red. Yeah, those white couches didn't last for very long. Not that matters. Not that that matters. I wasn't even there for that part. I didn't show up with G until long after a scout started summoning Zoe frantically to help out. Oh, 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 I, um, I should, uh, uh note that they're okay. Elliot is okay. They're as okay as they can be. They're resting right now. Uh, and mumbling to Zoe requests to have their uterus ripped out. <laughs> the funny... Oh my god. None of this... No, nothing is funny. Um, the, the thing is, Zoe probably could rip out their uterus, that is, if they had the right supplies and everything. Um, I didn't know until now, and I guess because I just never asked, but we assumed that she was a general doctor, like a doctor doctor, and she's done a lot of doctor doctor things, but... Yeah, no, um, turns out she's a gynecologist? Yeah, so she's able to monitor them for signs that it's something worse than a terrible no-good period and, and, and would even know what those those terrible things are. So that's lucky for Elliot. It's, I guess it's just weird that she never mentioned it before, but... I mean, to be fair, when we first came to her, we just asked her if she could treat bee stings and she said yes and we didn't ask any further questions. Location update? We are exploring the other- Um... Okay, one second. Update? Update. Okay, there we go. God. Okay. <laughs> uh... I apparently can't, uh, do any broadcasts at this lower level. Um, oh, so this started out as a lo uh, location update. Okay, okay. So... I was on a find Elliot more comfy pillows duty, because we've just basically started creating them a sorry you're on your period nest for them. Scout's been just like 
feeding them any snacks that their little, you know, <laughs> period heart desires. And June has been very efficiently finding any and all painkillers. I think this is a little bit more than just for Elliot. Or maybe it's just because she paused one mission for another. So I'm on comfort duty and... And so, here's the fun thing. I was in the bedroom, getting more nice pillows for them to bleed on, because who cares? Then I saw a bookshelf. And I pulled a book on the bookshelf that I thought they would like, and kapla, l'ultimichis pochement, I found another secret level! I got so excited that I almost went down there without telling the others, but I let Scout do her scouting thing first. And this area is on a whole other level, pun intended. There's another nicer bedroom, another nicer kitchen, a bar, probably a procreation room somewhere near the bar, a home movie theater, and a pool! A fancy pool with a fancy as heck waterfall and a jacuzzi off to the side. Scout is the only one that went full on park the rich, let's do this, because the second she saw the pool, she stripped down to her skivvies and jumped right in. She didn't stay in long, though. She went right back to Elliot duty right after taking her dip. So that's the fun part. The weird part is... God, there's... There's starting to be a lot more evidence that the one percenters or, or someone did make it here. There's trash in some places, a, a couple of things of prepared food in the fridge, and it's all bad now, and, well, there's the food tank area. Like a grower area, okay, it, it looks like an area where they grow weed, but they weren't growing weed, but I know it looks like that because Scout was like, it looks like they were growing weed. Well, they were growing something, it's, they're all half full and half full of dead, rotting plants. Ugh, this is like any time you go over to your rich friend's place. Sure, they might have a pool, but there's always a catch. Location update? Well, whatever ability we had to just enjoy this place is gone now. We've all become Zoe. And Zoe, well... She keeps asking us if she's told us the story of the people who got murdered by the people hiding in the walls of their house, and we have to say yes three times now. Scout is already trying to build a contraption in order to carry all the snacks out. But don't worry, she first made one for carrying Elliot out in case of a really short emergency. Jihun has gone and swept the new level twice, finding more and more evidence of the people having been here, but not evidence of what happened to them. Like she found dirty underwear under the bed, but no evidence of where the dirty underwear maker went. Oh, God. I just thought about the fact that she said that based on the underwear, she could tell it was at least like three weeks old. And I'm just thinking of how crunchy third week old. Okay, I'm not going to think about it. Uh, anyway, something else. Something else. Well, that's actually, honestly, really hard. The the pool, the, the, the fridge, the, the squatting and luxury has, has really helped me take my mind off things. And you know I can't just keep reading that volcano book all the time, but, you know, when I'm trying not to think about Connor's death, I just end up thinking about all the other corpses we've seen. And, and when I don't think about those, I... I 
I think about the woman with the with the poems. I haven't been able to reach her at all while I've been down here, and I don't know, there's sometimes not a lot of other distractions. And so right now it it leaves me thinking about how how I've maybe not been the best friend I could be to Elliot. I haven't been bad. Crap, I sound defensive. Okay, I could have been worse, but I could have been much better. So to give uh, Zoe a break, we've actually been taking shifts both with Elliot Care and patrolling the place. And during my Elliot shift, well, they asked me to read some books to them. And it was nice uh, to not read a volcano book, but they're still in their sad book mode. So I read them the end of Bridge to Terabithia through my farking tears. But I was bad at hiding it, and so after a certain point, they they started asking me if I was okay. You know, the one who was nearly hemorrhaging on a daily basis wanted to know if I was okay. But it kind of nudged open a door, and I, I said something I'd been thinking of, or wanting to say for a bit. I was like, I'm sorry I didn't ask you how you were the last time you got your period. You just said you were fine, and I took it at face value, but you weren't okay, were you? And for all the talking I do all the time, I don't always have the right thing to say, but maybe I I got it right this time, or maybe their filters were just down. Either way, Elliot opened up to me a little bit. They said it wasn't just me not acknowledging it. Uh, they were frequently in denial themselves about how bad it was. The pain, the blood, but... Sometimes it also increased their dysphoria, which would make it really bad and make the denial impossible. They were like, most of the periods start up, ugh, could I just not? And then end up like, ugh, I'm in pain, could I just not exist? Oof. I wanted to ask more questions, but they ended up asking for more distractions and... Ugh, the stupid thing! I know we're under concrete, but... Honestly, I'm not even sure if anyone's able to hear this. I haven't had the best reception down here, and... Actually, now that I think about it, that's a problem. You gotta have contact, right? Like, if something goes wrong, you gotta be able to contact other people. I'm sure the luxury bunkers all have a connection, and... Jean has been searching everywhere and anywhere, but hasn't found any sort of control room, and I've seen security cameras... Okay, but this guy, yeah, this owner was definitely a guy, was super into secret passageways, but like the super cliche ones. So we've got, um, you know, secret lever, pulled book, even look behind all the paintings, especially the one of the naked woman on a motorcycle. Scout went through all the cabinets, but oh, 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 trap door. We've got to get out of here right now. Hello, fellow survivors. We made it! Everyone made it. Well, not the original people who lived here, but um, us squatters did. So, um, after my brilliant epiphany, I started stomping around trying to find any and all hollow-sounding floorboards. Then got yelled at by Scout for starting to try and create my own one-person stomp. So I poked around quietly until, ta-da, found it in the bedroom, because I... I guess so? I guess that's one way to get rid of him when he doesn't realize he's not invited to stay the night. Anyway, there wasn't 
much on the third level. Kind of felt like going from your rich friend's house to their unfinished basement. That is, if the basement had a huge collection of wine bottles, still no gin, what is wrong with these people? And an extensive security room. Bingo! It was a huge room with monitors for many, many rooms we still hadn't even found yet. Including a panic room. Full of mildly recent bodies of the one percenters. My morbid curiosity, which is frequently hard to tell from my usual curiosity, started button mashing to figure out how to rewind the tapes. I smashed around a bit until I figured out it was a particular button I could actually turn counterclockwise. So I scroll back, scroll back, scroll back, and mystery solved. This smart house had the same flaw as many smart people do. Slightly murdery. Oh, ooh, I didn't mean that to be a cell phone. Yeesh. Uh, In this case, though, it had the flaw of every three or four weeks doing an antibacterial flush of the place in case the world ending was caused by disease. Not a flaw unless you go so hardcore that you kill everything in the damn house, including the humans you're protecting from the bacteria. I ran up the stairs so hard and so fast that I almost faceplanted twice. I didn't exactly know when the next rinse would be, but I didn't think we all wanted to find out. So Scout made sure to save all the food... So he made sure to save all the not-expired meds, and Chun managed to save Elliot by just straight-up carrying them out. I'm a little bit jealous, not gonna lie. And, oh, and I... Well, I held the door, okay? I did my part. <laughs> so, um... I guess we learned a valuable lesson, fellow survivors. No rich person is worth hanging out with, dead or alive? <laughs> Kidding. Mostly. Catch you all on the next frequency. Joe out. Thank you for listening to the After Disaster broadcast. This was written and produced by J.J. Ronvier. Thank you to the Nerdalogs for mentoring us and to Cards Against Humanity for letting us use their space. The voice of Joe Prendergast is J.J. Ronvier. The outro person is me, Caitlin Robb. Our audio editor is Rory Strawnbach. Enjoyed the podcast? So did we. Subscribe to keep listening to us and leave us a nice review on iTunes. It really helps. Seriously, thanks to you all, we are now back at five stars on iTunes. In return, email us at theafterdisasterbroadcast at gmail.com that you did, and we will send you one of our red stickers as a thank you. Even if you're international, we have international stamps now. Either way, we're bribing you. To support Joe and her journey to Chicago, please check us out at patreon.com slash theafterdisasterbroadcast where you can support us and get bonus mini-episodes. For more on the broadcast and surviving the apocalypse, check us out on Twitter at AfterDisasterBC, or on any media that makes you feel social in this wasteland. And now, we leave you with this. Survival tip. Going cow-tipping? The typical minimum is at least 15% of the original bill. Hey, um, I don't... I haven't heard from you in a while. I, um, I, uh, I hope you're well. Would, uh, would really love a poem right now. Just a, a small request. Nothing with, um, with blood in it. Or anything like that. I j- I'm, I'm sure you're just, uh... Just uh, having trouble reaching me, and and it's uh, 
That's all it is. You're not, you're not ignoring me. I'm doing great, by the way. Talk to you soon. This podcast has been produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com slash nerdalogs. Thanks for listening. <laughs>